Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The Beyond Sleep Training Podcast, a podcast dedicated to sharing real tales of how people have managed sleep in their family outside of sleep training culture because sleep looks different with a baby in the house. And because every family is different, there is no one-size-fits-all approach to take. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast is being recorded, the Kalkadoon people. I pay my respects to the elders of this nation and the many other nations our guests reside in from the past, present and emerging. We honour Australian Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and the unique cultural and spiritual relationships to the land, water and seas, as well as their rich contributions to society, including the birthing and nurturing of children. Welcome back to the Beyond Sleep Training Podcast. I'm your host, Carly Grubb, and with me today we have Emily Holdaway. She's back for a second episode, which we're so glad to have her back for. Thanks, Em. If people haven't listened to last week's episode, you'll want to go back and hear the first part of Em's story before you carry on listening to this part. So welcome back, Em. How are you today? I'm good, Carly. Thank you for having me back. No worries. And last week when we were talking, we got to the point of your story where you just discovered baby wearing with your first baby, Ziggy, and discovered that you could actually have two hands and be able to walk around while also holding your baby who was not a very sleepy little person, woke lots of times and really hated the pram as well as the cot. So I'd love to hear from that point, once you had baby wearing in your life, you had bed sharing in your life, how did things continue to roll on with Zig? Oh, mate, yeah. So at about four four months, baby wearing and bed sharing both came into, into our parenting 
repertoire, so to speak. Um, and that was about the same time that I started writing about parenting Ziggy online. And I really, really quickly realized that this, um, these, these golden, amazing tools that I had found were something that other parents had heard of but were way too scared to go anywhere near. You know, there was a lot of a lot of fear out there. And so I just started sharing what it was like with Ziggy. And I remember with the baby wearing, so that kid, we call him in, in New Zealand, um, he's referred to as a power baby. I think in Aussie it's a koala baby. Um over here it's a power baby, abalone, it's a limpid. He was just always attached to me. And so baby wearing became our our thing. If if he wasn't, basically, he just lived on me, unless I was in the shower. Like, I wore him to the toilet, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and um, he'd do, so he'd do all his naps in the carrier. The only other place he would nap that wasn't the carrier was the car. And I remember getting, like, lots of worried comments about that and people saying, you know, but but isn't that a bad habit and isn't something isn't that something that he's always going to need to do and is it going to affect his mobility and all all sorts of worries like that um he's nearly 6 his mobility's fine he sleeps in his own bed in his own room it hasn't ruined him uh, but for the first sort of year after that he would have done every nap in the carrier because we needed him to well we, we needed him to be in there to sleep. And for AJ and I, our options were wear him and he'll go to sleep or fight and try and fit a prescribed, you will sleep in the bassinet or you will sleep in the cot. Um, we had a lot of doubts and questions of what we were doing as we went through each sort of new stage with Zig. Um, I remember the I don't know how old he was, but he went through this patch where he'd go to sleep and then he'd wake up at like 11 o'clock at night and he'd be wide awake. And we tried to fight that and we tried to, um, you know, make him go back to sleep. Not that you can make a baby go back to sleep, but like, shababoobin, you will sleep. And then we realised that fighting it didn't work. And so I'd get up. And I'd go out to the lounge and I'd put on the TV and I'd watch some trashy show on Netflix until one o'clock in the morning and Ziggy would play happily and then when he was tired, we'd go back to bed. And so there was a lot of learning to just not, I don't want to say give in, um, just accepting it. Just every new hurdle we got to with his sleeping Every time we sort of thought, shit, it's not working, we'd just change what we were doing based on what Ziggy needed to do. Um, and that's something that we've continued to do. Like we, we still do it, we still do it now. If he has a nightmare, um I'll I'll swap beds so he can go and sleep with age or he can sleep with me because he needs us. We we just try to meet his need in that moment so I don't remember a lot about like what what milestones did he reach at 12 months old and 
what milestones did he reach at 18 months old and when did he start sleeping through the night? I don't remember any of that with Zig. I just remember us constantly shifting our expectations of him um, and finding a new way to make it work over and over and over. And do you think that part of that was letting go of some of that fear that it would be forever? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I remember some really dark nights where we were tired and and H would say to me and I'd say to him, you know, were they right? Have we fucked him up? Like, have we have have we done this to ourselves? And then we'd, we'd remind ourselves that it's just hard right now, but it will pass. It, it will really, pass. it really does. And it, it did, and it it always passed. And we always needed to remind ourselves in that challenging moment, whatever that challenging moment was that it was just a phase and that we had to work through that phase in a way that nurtured ourselves and our baby. Um, And he, Zig would have been, with sleep training for us, I I knew what it was. I was in groups, I'd heard about it. Zig would have been the baby that made themselves vomit from screaming so much. You know, that, that was that option for us and we just couldn't, we couldn't go there. And so our workaround was to meet that need. I got to a stage with, with baby wearing where I could transfer him asleep in my carrier onto the bed and he'd stay asleep. Uh, that was such a milestone. Yes, that's one of the milestones. I feel like it's it's that one, like the baby wearing transfer and also mm-hmm. the first time you can do a successful boob to sleep ninja roll out of the bed. Oh, my God, yes. I feel like you should get a medal for that. Like if you want to have a milestone card, I feel like we should have photos of mums holding up their milestone, just successfully ninja rolled. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and that carrying, that carrying with baby wearing was such a game changer because when they're on the front, you're a bit limited into what you can do. You know, you don't want to be cooking and and they're in the way of your arms. But once they're on your back, mate, the world's your oyster. I did so much of my blogging at the kitchen table with Ziggy asleep in a carrier on me, and it just became our our normal, I guess. It became our normal, yeah. I love that, and it's kind of those things I think people sort of um, sometimes have the impression that when you surrender to your baby's needs that it's somehow like a self-sacrificing thing, but what's not really understood is that actually it's this it's an act of self-preservation as well. There is far less of your energy and your already fatigued body going out to the unsuccessful fighting attempts to make your baby do something they're simply not ready to do than simply going with what they need for that day. I know I felt so much more mentally rested as well as physically rested when we surrendered to that. Were you similar in that way as well? It- I found for us it gave us a lot of freedom. Like um, the the bed sharing and the baby wearing made our experience for Ziggy's sleep so much more positive than it could have been. And we had so much freedom as a couple to go places, to do things, you know. Like if AJ had a work do, it didn't clash with any routine. I would just go to the work do with him and we'd take Ziggy and we'd take a carrier and when he started to get grumpy, I put him in a carrier, boob him to sleep, whip him around onto my back, and I just carry on having my good night. And so we never 
we never had to say no to doing things, to being places, to being part of the community. I could go to Kanga all the time. I could go to Laleche all the time. I I would see with so many of my friends who were from antenatal and, you know, those classes you do together, oh, I can't do that, that's nap time. Oh, I can't come to that, that's bedtime. And we had this freedom that it didn't matter what time it was. I had a boob and a baby carrier and we could just go to anything, you know. I took Ziggy to funerals and, and I'd just discreetly hold him and, shimmy my carrier down and feed him when he got a little bit grumpy. Um, there's a beautiful picture of, of AJ at the pub with Ziggy fast asleep on his back. And like there's some rugby game happening. So it's noisy because it's a pub in New Zealand and rugby and this kid's just sleeping through all of it. You know, we just, we could get out from the house and we could continue doing things as a couple that, fill our cups a little bit and go out for dinner and go and see our friends and go to whatever it was we needed to go to because he was a flexible sleeper. <laughs> he, he, positives yeah. to it. There's positives. Absolutely. I think that's pretty fabulous. And so at what stage do you think sleep got, like, would you say a bit more independent for Zig? Oh, I not at 12 months old. <laughs> I remember hitting 12 months and expecting it to be this magical, like a light, a switch would flip and all of a sudden he'd sleep for longer and all the rest of it. And if anything, the reverse happened. I agree. Um, I think 12 months is one of the most intense ages <laughs> with all three of my babies. I was so, I don't know if it's because you kind of had it in your head. And so it hits you yeah. pretty hard when it's actually, whoa. They're still intense at this age. Yeah, no, mine were definitely not 12 months either. It was it was ridiculous. I don't even remember when he got better because when he was two, um, as we had Jagger. And so at at two years old, you're adding another baby to the mix. They're only their birthdays are three days apart. Um, they have the same due date. <laughs> our two boys are out you guys time that nicely <laughs> it's just we have annual loving it's yeah, you know clearly, your clearly. parents are tired it, you got to put that one on the calendar well in advance <laughs> <laughs> we actually think it was AJ's work though um, <laughs> nice really spam oh. thanks and and so of course when you're pregnant and you're you're breastfeeding and you're bed sharing it, there's a lot there's a whole new sort of wave of questions and doubt and worries that come with that you know you've got it all sorted with your one and and then you're you're pregnant and can you still breastfeed and can you still baby wear and we just kept rolling with zig the whole way through the night i went into labor with jagger i fed ziggy to sleep because it was just part of our 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 life um the first night I was in labor because Jagger was a little bit longer, um, Siggy was on AJ's back in a in a baby carrier and we had we had Jags at home. And so he was just part of it. He was there, he was in his happy place, which is on his dad and his carrier. Um I lay down, I fed him to sleep and then transition hits and I don't know what Ziggy did because I was busy giving birth. Um and then <laughs> 
And then Jake came back. And so we started the process all over again in a way. He was um he was magical, Jack James. I put him down on a sheepskin rug on the lounge floor and he went to sleep. <laughs> did you take a photo of that? <laughs> I fucking did a Facebook post. I was like, what is Oh, and, and just in case it's like the one and only time in his entire life as well. You gotta document the hell out of that. <laughs> I tried to put him into a baby carrier and he fought me. Oh so no. Like, You're like, what God. is this? <laughs> I've just got this shit sorted, kiddo. I know how to do this. <laughs> and he came along to tell you that no, actually, Mum, you might think you got it sorted. You got it sorted with Ziggy. Now you gotta yeah. figure it out with me. Now you've got a jagger and yeah. um, and I say no to the carrier and I will not fall asleep on your boob. And he was just a whole um a whole new challenge. He really was. It was all everything, all the tools that we had learned for Ziggy didn't work for Jagger except the knowledge that it would pass. <laughs> that applies like, you know, in general, doesn't it? It was it was going straight back to trying to figure out a child again and being like, oh, we've got this. We've got like 30 baby carriers on the wardrobe. What are we even worried about? And then no, no, that was not working for this new baby. Um we actually found out with Jagger that he and it, it took a while um, to come to this realisation. Um, he needed his tonsils, agnoids removed and grommets put in. So there were some serious things that were going on that we didn't know about and weren't really aware of. We we went through our checklist. We got, we got the tongue tie sorted. Um, I was having a hell of a time breastfeeding her my head all through pregnancy, I had breast pain in my left breast. They they um, gave me an ultrasound. They they expressed and sent samples away. Um, they found a lump. They sent me to a breast specialist. Um, it was it all amounted to nothing. It's still to this day we don't know what what happened. But I had to stop feeding from one side. So Jagger was fed exclusively from one breast for two and a half, three years. Um, and so we the, there was a lot sort of going on with him and we thought that getting a tongue tie snipped might help, um, but we didn't realise that actually there was the, the breathing issues. He was a really sweaty baby, so he'd feed and feed and feed and he'd work up a hell of a sweat and he'd soak the bed, the the sheets, and we didn't realise that that was a sort of like a a, a, a sign that there was something wrong yeah. with all of his breathing. So this is right from when he was a brand new baby, or was this a little bit further on? Probably from about eight months. Yeah, the, um, we started so really seeing, yeah, the sweating, um. Mainly just the sweating and then he'd, he'd sleep 
he'd fall asleep and then he'd sort of like gasp oh. awake. Um, right. And that would startle that would startle him awake again. Did he snore or have any of those other kind of things? Or it was like he was quite a quiet sleeper, but he'd get that big gasp going on. Yeah, he'd have the he'd have the big gasp and the sweating. Um mm. so who did you see about we, that? We went and saw uh ENT specialist in um Hamilton. And I I remember the um I remember the equipment because I knew something wasn't right, you know, and we'd gone through a non-sleeper with Ziggy and we'd come out the other side like we he, he'd had challenges along the way, but they were more to do with the comfort he was needing, the nourishment he was needing, the fact he needed to sleep with us. But nothing was none of that was really working with Jagger. And so I knew it was more than just pushing through I, I had this feeling that something else was going on with him um and it can be really hard as a mum being believed when there's something else going on you know oh he doesn't sleep babies don't sleep but mm. actually there was shit happening and I went to the ENT specialist AJ was at work I had Ziggy with me as well and we got in to see her and she just Got him to open his mouth, took one quick look down his throat and went, oh, yeah, we need surgery. We'll get you in next week. It was. Next week? Holy dooly. It, they must it, have been it, so worried. I I, I cried. Yeah, I bet <laughs> I was you did. That would be such a shock. <laughs> I was trying to listen to her and listen to what she was saying um, while also trying to stop my toddler from smushing his lunch into her carpet and she was telling <laughs> me about appointments like, they're so helpful can I just say how much easier is an appointment without a toddler just quietly oh my god just everything is easier <laughs> <That's> oh. <laughs> yeah and, so and you're trying to listen and take it in and um and and I was you know like you you're told your your kids going in for surgery it's pretty um it's a lot to to take in. Um and so he went he went and had the full the full work. So it wasn't meant that it was tonsils and grommets and she said, Well, when we're in there we'll know whether his adenoids need to come out or not. Um and apparently when they were in there they they did. And that um that changed everything immediately. Wow. So how old was he? He was two. Okay. Two, two and a half. I so don't know. Started, so you'd started noticing symptoms at about eight months and you eight got to, to see months, the yeah. at about two. Yeah. And I kept wow. myself that we didn't look into it any further, but it was just, it was night sweats and, and bad breathing and yeah. It wasn't until he got a bit older that we wondered whether there was issues with his ear and his balance. Mm -hmm. um, Hello, my friend. We're talking about you. Come here. Hello. And it's Carly. Hey, Hello. Oh. Hello, gorgeous. Hello. How are you? Hi. you just coming for my pineapple, eh? Oh, mum's got food. Better rate it. It must have got worse. It must have got worse to the point where we were like something else is going on 
because he he was actually a lot of an easy, easier baby than Ziggy was with his naps and with his sleeps. Um, but he used to, oh, that's what it was. He started um, getting like rages, like real hardcore rage. And hello, my friend. And he'd throw himself on the ground and just cry and scream and hit. And I don't know how that ties in with um, ENT, but that and the sweating and the breathing was what we went to the specialist with and said this is what's happening. And she said, yeah, something doesn't sound right. Let's have a look. When they came out, you, you noticed a difference straight away. Yeah, straight away. Like he, he just slept. Um, calmer. He was a calmer sleeper. He still woke up, but he wasn't waking up and being really angry and and crying. And and he could wake up and then feed back to sleep and and settle back down. So it was two really different experiences with both kids because Zig's Zig's tonsils and grommets and that are fine because the specialist because they were both there at, at the thing and she said well I'm going to check his brother too just to make sure that there's nothing going on and yeah. he's sweet as his tonsils are intact his breathing passages are, are clear <laughs> I can't breathe through my nose I'm a mouth breather um, and I didn't realise how uncommon that was because I've had this all my life um, and I didn't realise that that could be something to watch out for in my little people. Um, I'm just talking, mate. <laughs> Not very well, Not very well. You are a nose breather now. Yes, you are. I'm glad that we That's so cute. He knows how he breathes, funny baby. Don't worry, fellas, we'll finish with mummy very soon. You're being very patient. And so now now we're, we're, we're in such a good space. I mean, they're a lot older. They are three and five. Three and five, thanks. Eh? He's, six, <laughs> he's six soon. Um, and they have, they have their own rooms. We read them books to go to sleep at night. Um, they wake up sometimes and come into bed with us or they wake up and go and make themselves breakfast. Like nothing, nothing we've done caused bad habits. Yeah, I, I remember Ziggy's transition to his own room was really gradual and he would make a nest in the hallway. So he had his own room and he knew it was his own room, but he only used it for um, playing in. And then he would make these little nests in the hallway with all his blankets and pillows and he'd curl up and go to sleep in his nest while AJ and I were out in the lounge. Uh, that was just his slow, gradual transition into his own bedroom. Um, and we we tried to we tried to um give them a room together because we we moved house recently. We've moved from Hamilton to the far north. And when we first came up here, we gave them a shared room um, so I could have an office, but it didn't work out too well. So now they have their own space. Um, Ziggy, Ziggy, we do a book with Ziggy and then we just leave them. 
we leave him to his own devices. He does, he plays with Lego and then he gets in his own bed, goes to sleep. <laughs> Just like that. But hang on a sec. Weren't you meant to, like, if you started feeding him to sleep, patting his bottom and rocking him in bed, weren't you going to be doing that forever? I Mate, shouldn't be sarcastic, but seriously. We ruined him. The kid puts himself to bed. Oh my um, gosh. And and Jagger, Jagger's actually been um quite quite a breeze. With Jags, you just lie there next to him, you read one book, and then you put the book down and he rolls over, gives you a cuddle, and then rolls over the other way and shuts his eyes. It's, it's just like who are these children? Who are these children? So right now, as a as a bloody light to aspire toward to let you know that there is a light at the end of this very long tunnel they are three and five and by 7 30 every evening my partner and I have our time back and that was time that we didn't get when they were younger you know we we just had to say goodbye to that couple time evenings together when they were babies and we mourned it and we wished we had it and and we kind of looked at each other and said, will we ever be able to sit on the couch together and watch a movie ever again? We are there now. We're watching Game of Thrones for the fifth time. We're up to season six for the third time. <laughs> we do bedtime. They go to sleep. We have glorious hours together in the evening as a couple. And... I think there's that saying, right, that the nights are long, but the years are short. And it sounds kind of like trite and something that you say, but it's so true because if you were to look at, like, your kids' lives as this ruler, that hardcore, crazy, intense bit, it's only a centimetre on that ruler. And if you can give... If, if you can give them what they need and if you can hold on through that intense time, the rest of their life is huge. And you get that, you get that freedom back. You get that couple time back. But it's not like we didn't have couple time. When Jagger, when I was pregnant with Jagger, his belly name was Couchy. Because, you know, if you're a bed sharing parent, you just make it work. Of course you do. That's it. We have a new couch now, so if you want to put it in, it's okay. Just in, just in case anyone listening along is one of M's mates, you can sit on your couch these days. Oh, too funny. No, I think that's really important for our listeners to hear, especially if you're in the thick of it all, because it does. It feels like this never-ending time warp of what on earth have we done, but it yeah. really is, in the grand scheme of it all, such a short period of time in the end and as intense and as rough as it really is when you're in it because it can be brutal it yeah it really does help to have that knowledge that whatever you're doing right now really is just for now it's not always going to be like it and we can guarantee that it's just not going to be so I'm doing looking at our time and we're nearly done I was just wondering do you have one more tip you'd like to give our listeners M just to finish off this fabulous episode of yours well, the one the, the episode where the kids busted in. I um, love it. We love the crash. <laughs> <laughs> I I want to just say to any parents out there who are feeling 
guilty or feeling worried that they're so tired that they're not enjoying the moment. You know, you're told to be in the moment, be present, be whatever. Just take the photos. Take the photos, my friends, because now I look back at those years that were hard and I look at the photos of baby Ziggy and baby Jagger and I have nothing in my heart but overwhelming love for these little people. And so I and and I, I felt a bit of the guilt that at that time I wasn't like soaking them in and enjoying every moment because it was hard and it was intense. But it's okay. It's okay if you're in survival mode or if you're not even liking them very much some days, that's okay. Take the photos and then when they come up on your Facebook memories in two or three years' time, you're going to look back at that time and all you're going to have in your heart are the good, happy, lovey oxytocin vibes. I would 100% agree with that. I love looking back on photos of my babies and even some of them, they'll take me back to the time and I will remember that that was some of the most intense rough patches. But I get that really strong feeling of I am so glad I could be there for that little person that it's, it's also a source of pride for me now. Like I feel good knowing that through those tough times we made it out together. Yeah, look at an amazing mum who didn't know what she was doing but did what she needed to do. Like, wow. (laughs) Yeah, it gives you a different view of yourself and your little family unit. It's quite something to make it out the other side together. So thank you so much for coming along, Emma. I've absolutely loved hearing your story and your journey and it's been a massive one to go from somebody who knew pretty much nothing about babies and kids through to someone who found her feet. And I love that you always had the courage to stand up for you and your babe and call bullshit when needed, when straight up too. I love that. Um, And yeah, I'm hoping our listeners really take a lot from hearing your story. So thanks for coming along, Em. Um, I will be dropping all of Em's links if you'd like to find her on socials into our show notes. Be sure to check her out. And uh, thank you so much again, Em, for coming along. Oh, you're so welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. Thanks, Em. Bye. I really hope you enjoyed the podcast today. The information we discussed was just that, information only. It is not specific advice. If you take any action following something you've heard from our show today, it is important to make sure you get professional advice about your unique situation before you proceed, whether that advice be legal, financial, accounting, medical, or any other advice. Please reach out to me if you do have any questions or if there's a topic you'd really like us to be covering. And if you know somebody who'd really benefit from listening to our podcast, please be sure to pass our name along. Also check out our free peer support group, the Beyond Sleep Training Project and our wonderful website, www.littlesparklers.org. If you'd like even more from the show, you can join us as a patron on Patreon and you can find a link for that in our show notes. If listening is not really your jam, we also make sure we put full episode transcripts on our Little Sparklers website for you to also enjoy and fully captioned YouTube videos as well on our Little Sparklers channel. So thanks again for listening today. We really enjoy bringing this podcast to you. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.